Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanam, Mr. Rob, and Ken. Episode 176. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's good, bro? How you holding up, man? Ain't shit. Yo, you know what I forgot to tell you? We got hit with a... We got hit with, like... I guess it was... I don't know if it's... It's not a copyright strike, but a copyright claim for... Really? Um, yeah, for the intro credits on the last episode. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I was, I was kind of taken back by that, because it's like... It's happened before. It's hit or miss, though. It's like sometimes they... they whoever it is put in a claim for it. Other times they let it rock. But they put in a claim, so with the video wow. being monetized, any money we make off the video, they want to split. Who, who was it? I didn't even say. I didn't even look. I was just like, I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, that just means that we got to find new intro music. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what you. <laughs> we got to find new intro music. But we got a, we got a really good episode tonight um, with a dope MC, a dope artist. We got Mr. Midas the Beats. Dope writer, too. Yeah. Joining us. Peace, peace. What's up, Midas? Your mic. Your mic is muted. Unmute your mic. Yep, don't mute it. You gotta, yeah, you gotta unmute yourself. But while we waiting for Midas, I know, I know y'all had an opportunity to listen to some of the music. I was listening to the last of Mohicans. Yo, he got some, he got yeah. some, def- definitely got some crazy wordplay. Yes, yeah. that I muted. His wordplay is crazy, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, it just switched to my other to my other shit. I'm back. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yo, so welcome to the podcast, man. We appreciate you pulling peace, up. Peace, peace. Yo, let me ask you right off the rip. So, yo, he's talking behind the scenes. You were saying, you know, originally um, New York spent time in Maryland, but Orlando is home now, right? Yeah, for sure. What's um, what's the hip? And I don't know how long you've been down in Orlando, so you can let us know. Like, what's the, how long? A long time, twenty years. Twenty years. <laughs> What's the hip hop scene like in Orlando, down yeah. in Orlando, and how did you get the name Midas the Beast? Yeah, so I get that first question all the time. People are very <laughs> fascinated by what hip hop is in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, it's funny because it made me feel like, damn, like people really like. So let me reverse the question before I ask it, because I, I actually got this question a bunch of times. What do you think? Why is that question so interesting to everybody? What's the, what's the perception? I mean, when you, you think of what? Orlando, you think of Disney. That's what you think. That's one, and it's interesting to me because it's like there are certain areas you think about in the trajectory of hip hop that's like staples. You, you know, you like I yeah. New York had a run. You start thinking about Atlanta. You know, you think the South. You may think like New Orleans. You're gonna think the West Coast. You're gonna think of L.A. You know, if you think even if I think Florida, I'm like, all right, Miami, Miami but then County, I, maybe, yeah. Orlando, I'm like, what's what's, what's going, going on in Orlando? Take me to Orlando. What are the streets like in Orlando? <laughs> so look, it's interesting because the thing about Orlando is, you know, Florida is a retirement state. Right. You know, a lot of people move to Florida to retire. So there's a New York Florida thing. Oh, I there's a New York Orlando thing. There's a New York Tampa thing. There's a New York Miami thing, right. where where a lot of where a lot of uh, you know people. Are, yeah, bro. Everybody that's tired of New York and and want to get out of that fast city life and all of that, they moved to they moved to Florida. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, so there's a in my age bracket, and even the, you know I would say the five years up and down around my age bracket, there's a lot of 
people who parents or grandparents had come down. So you weren't necessarily born in Orlando. You was born up top, but then you came down and you was, and then you ran into a bunch of other niggas that. <laughs> oh shit! Like, like oh, so, so like, it, it was an ill culture shock because, like, you know, I got put on the hip hop by my uncles and right. know, whatever like that. And shout out to your uncles too, bro, for putting you put. Yo, I always every interview I let it, I let it be known my uncles put me on game. Like them is my niggas, but I, 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 they they put me on game, and then you know, like they was the ones telling me what's ill and what's not. Like I was just like. You know, you soak it up like a sponge. Like, yo, this is L. This is not L. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so when I get when I get down here now, mind you, me me and my my mother and my my father, we were down here. My uncles hadn't moved down here yet. We we came down first. So like, I come down already on defense about you know like what's L. Like, nah, nigga, I'm on some this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep it young. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm on this shit. And there was, you know, like we, we run into a lot of people that was, especially in like the middle school era, you running into like the bone thugs heads and the, you know, like there was a lot of this and a lot of that. And then like everybody from, anybody that sounded like they was not from the South, they called, they called you Wu-Tang. <laughs> it, it didn't matter, yo, so listen, if you, if you were like, yo man, I really like Cool G rap. They'd be like, but get out of here with all that Wu Tang shit. Above the Mason Dixon is Wu Tang. You know right? So, so, but it was dope to start to, you know, like running into heads that's like, yo, oh, you, oh, you know about this? You know about this? So, like, we would all click up, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm sure the way it happened in my, my school. It's, it happened like that in a lot of the schools. Like you, yeah. like-minded hip hop heads would would find each other. You know what I'm saying? And um, there was a hip hop. Uh, there was a, a show that started at the uh, at UCF at the at the uh, at the okay. college out here. There was a, um, an open mic slash battle that happened every Monday. It was called the Hush Show, Hip Hop's Underground Safe Haven. Mm-hmm. And um, this this started back in 2000. You know what I'm saying, type shit. And you were, I mean, real talk, it was kind of like, like it was like eight mile, you know what I'm saying? Like you would go there and it was real energy and it was real beef and it was real like yeah, MCs and they, you know, and like right. a, lot of, a lot of us honed our, honed our skill and, you know, went through that gauntlet and then came out on the other side doing things in the, in the industry. So that was really what it was. And, since then, you know, a lot of the same cats that I ran into back then are still, you know, doing music and, you know, doing a lot of things. So Orlando's got a lot of ill MCs. There's a lot of, if, if, I can't, I, I've been talking to my man. I would love to work on a documentary about what, what goes on out here and what, yeah. how people, because there's a lot of stories out here. Orlando need to be put on a map, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That is the last place I would have thought I heard an MC like yourself come from or come out of. Yeah. Now, I know it's got New York ties, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 And shout out to your mom. Yo, you said I think I watched your mom yeah. And you know what's crazy is rare that you hear about that in hip hop where the uncles influence, the moms are super yeah. supportive, and here you are, this MC 
like Jesus Christ, man. They were just pouring it. In your, was it in your bottle or something? So listen, so listen. Moms is, you know, I like a lot of New York kids. My mom's was a young mom, happy when she was seventeen. Right. Um, and moms was, moms was in crack the crack the cocaine eighties, man. Right. You know, moms was running around. Um, Mars was running around with fucking pepper from salt and pepper and shit. Like, numbers, yeah. Mars, was, Mars, Mars was going to the club with Rakim and Mars was going to the club with fucking uh, Positive K and all types of shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, so like that, there was that energy too. And then like, you know when I, so like funny story about my mom, this would be a quick one, but I got to give her a shout out. So when, you know, I started rhyming and trying to be serious rhyming when I may, maybe was 17 let's say right like I'm, I'm trying to do shit I'm trying to run around battling people whatever so there was a there was a Wu-Tang show in Orlando and um you know at this point in time I still had a you know I had a curfew and shit you know so like I wasn't really whatever so I had I, had, I, I, I it was the first concert I ever went to me and a bunch of my homeboys uh we went to the Wu-Tang show right it was actually it was actually the uh the RZA as Bobby Digital okay. uh, and he had Killer Army opening for him and he had Black Knights opening for him so uh, get to the show show's dope I battle uh, Monk from Black Knights in the crowd and I battle and I cipher with Don Pacino right so and Beretta 9 from Killer Army sitting there he's like yo yo you're nasty I'm gonna take you back to meet RZA mm. I'm like, yeah, that's fire. Like, let's get it. <laughs> so, so, you know, like, you, I'm a kid. I take that real serious. This nigga gonna take yeah. me Right? So, after the show, I'm, you know, the show's pouring out. I'm waiting. I'm supposed to go meet Rizzo and shit. So, <laughs> so, nobody else is like, oh, the whole crowd is gone. And then the, uh, the, uh, the security trying to kick everybody out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm about to meet RZA. Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Look yeah, I can't be kicked out, fam. Like, I gotta meet RZA. So, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. Then I see Beretta and I. He with, he with one of the girls we came with. She was two years older than us, right? So I'm 17. She like 19, 20. He walking with her, and I'm like, yo, them is my people over there. Mind you, she came with us. So I'm like, where you going? She was like, nah, I'm just talking to him, whatever like that. I'm like, uh-huh, all right, no doubt. I was like, yo, so she was like, yo, matter of fact, he don't got no ride to the hotel. And I'm like, I mean, he, we we in, a, we in a minivan. We in a minivan. I'm like, we deep in the van, but he could get in like on the floor. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> we end up taking him, we get we end up taking him to the hotel. But this long, long story short, my curfew is, my, I'm coming up on this curfew set. I'm supposed to be home in the next 20 minutes. So, <laughs> so I'm like, oh fuck, man! Like this is this is not looking good. So, so look in the whip. Uh, call call my mother, and I'm like, mom, listen, mind you, Beretta Nine is from Killarney. <laughs> I'm like, mom, listen, I'm on the way to the Wu Tang Hotel <laughs> to meet the RZA. Mm. I need you to like let me live this life. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And she was like, nah, do your thing. Let me know what happened when you get there. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how I was getting it. That's cool. You got a crazy hip hop story, bro. You got to let that be known, man. Yeah, no, there's a lot, man. There's a lot, man. There's a lot. Mm. That's good stuff, man. Hey, y'all.
So, man, I listen to your stuff, man. You got a lot of clever and wit with your stuff, man, which I'm, I'm loving it because that's not, like, what we get a chance to hear most of the stuff that's coming out now. <clears throat> so I'm going to ask you a question. You might have heard this question. Is there any of these young cats or different people that you, that you could actually say you rock with that? Young, <laughs> young cats? Yeah. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm big too deep. I mean, you know what? It's painful. <laughs> Alright, so like the niggas that I would want to be, they, like they're not even young no more type shit. Like I, I fuck with Migos and shit. Like I like, but they're not young niggas. Yeah, they not. Mm-hmm. I got so, you. Like, that's a good one. I'll take that. But 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 I like I like, you know what, bro? Like I like flavor. So like whatever whatever sauce. Whatever sauce it is, if it's flavorful sauce, like I'm with the shits, but but mm. the sauce gotta be flavorful though. And I, I think I think some of the, the the miss with a lot of this new shit is that the sauce don't be flavorful. It be different, yeah. but it don't be flavorful. It ain't got no seasoning, no seasoning. It ain't got no seasoning. And I, I need I need seasoning. I need I need flavor, you know, and like it, it I I keep it a buck. It is it's real tough to get into a lot of uh and, and I'll tell you the worst of it be the, the, the underground shit. Like the independent the indies that, that's the most trash of the shit. <laughs> like it it, it, it it would be tough to get into uh a lot of the newer stuff. I'm not I'm not gonna fight. It's it's funny you mentioned um it's funny you mentioned the underground because I kind of feel like that I don't know if a, an underground actually exists anymore. And the reason why I say that is because if you think about what quote unquote would constitute mainstream, it used to be, you know, if you get radio play, you mainstream. But how many artists are actually on the radio now? Like, I don't know what's in rotation in Orlando, but you may get in New York and Connecticut, you may get Drake, Future, Travis Scott, um, maybe a J. Cole. Every, it's just, it's not what it used to be. So is there really i guess a disparity between quote unquote underground and mainstream now or has, or has the playing field even there, to me it's just, it's not just underground and mainstream there's it's a couple layers there's layers you know what i'm saying so there's there's your top of the charts guys right and then there's like the level under that you know what i mean and you could go for a few levels so like for instance right like what, what would you guys consider griselda to be um, I don't consider I'm probably that middle level. So then there's so then so let's let's just go with the middle level. So if they at the middle level, there's a whole army of motherfuckers right under them. So what do they consider? You know what I'm saying? Like they're not on that level. And then there's a whole army of motherfuckers under that level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like there's there's a few there's a few rungs to that ladder. Um and there's probably like names that you could throw around that could be like the name of said ladder I got you know and like i mean because you i mean it's just really interesting like Underground had a lot. It's got a lot of. It's a lot of guys in underground making. There's a lot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this though. Like before, we had we had a criteria set for what constitutes underground. So okay. what actually constitutes underground now? What is the criteria that makes you underground? Because most people want to be independent. Most people do their own little distribution or whatever it is. A lot of people record themselves, and not too many people playing on the radio. So what what's the criteria that makes somebody underground at this point? I think I think it's probably your uh, I think the easiest way would be like your social media following. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like 
I mean, you look at some guys, man, like, all right, so, like, what's Planet Asia? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he... My nigga, I love Planet Asia. That, that, that's big bro. Yeah. So, 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 like, but that's the question. Like, so what it is, Planet Asia's at 100,000 followers on, on, on IG, right? Like, mm-hmm. across social media, he might have 100, I don't know, 150,000 followers. Mm-hmm. We, we, yeah. we could say that like what what rung of the ladder is that and those, those are questions I don't really know the answer to but yeah. I, I do think that social media probably plays into that a little bit yeah wonder if the vernacular is, is kind of shifting from underground to probably like more like something like purist like kind of mm-hmm. thing like maybe maybe the maybe the narrative around it is changing a little bit because I remember before, like we used to Spotify stream probably play into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we used to have remember we used to have clear, very clear criteria. So like, oh, this dude's a backpack rapper, you know. And it was because they didn't get no fans, or we felt that they didn't sell tons of albums. But ain't nobody selling no albums. <laughs> a little differently because, like, the term backpack to me meant you was a nerd rapper. You <laughs> <laughs> was. Around like when I was growing up, like backpack rappers was common, and it was Talib Kweli and like Black Moon. Black Moon was considered black. See, you know what's funny about that? We didn't consider that backpack in my mm-hmm. area. Like okay. to me, backpack meant you was rapping about the black skin and and wouldn't that be conscious though? Well, yeah, but like that was kind of all like in one thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> at, some point, at some point, at some point, there was a separation of backpack and conscious. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and then, and then, yeah, conscious was more like the incense and and that type of thing. <laughs> and then maybe, maybe at you know, maybe at that point, Black Moon and shit was like, oh, remember that backpack shit? Like it's, it's, it's crazy how it all is like shapes and moves and yeah. shit. Yeah, um, we, we had look criteria is also you look at the record label like this person's not on a major record label they underground you know right. and now oh, like oh, yo, who's on right. it's just so it's 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 shifted so much to me yeah. and i feel like that a lot of the probably the people who would be considered mainstream today may be a little bit envious of the people who would be considered underground or purist because the people yeah, that are underground and purists i think have a lot more control of create create creatively um, I think also the purse strings as well, you know, so the push that you probably get from being major is significant and it helps you get that major look. But I think like the financial um, benefit of it may not be as great as what people think. And that brings me to the next thing I was I was I was wondering and I was thinking about, mm-hmm. like, um, do you get the impression that people that again, going with this whole thing around like mainstream and underground, do you get the impression that you have a longer shelf life? Um, for an artist that may be independent or underground versus a mainstream artist? I think you've got to create a fan base. Um, and they, you got to make, you got to, you got to create real fans. You know what I'm saying? And if you create real fans, you have longevity. Um, and if you don't, maybe the ceiling could be higher, but you don't have, you don't have the longevity, you know? Uh, that real fans thing, it's, it's real, bro. Like you got to, there's, there's too many options, you know what I'm saying? Like listeners have too many options. And what I what I also say is there's a lot of listeners that aren't fans. So some of the numbers are hollow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like my, like my sister, my sister who is I think maybe 11 or 12 years younger than me. She's not a real music fan. You know what I'm saying? And I mean that's no shade to her, but she's just not a real music fan. She likes music. 
you know what I'm saying? But she don't give a fuck about music in no real way, <laughs> right? So like, now she probably super contributes to some some Spotify numbers of some, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she ain't no real fan. She ain't buying nothing. She's not going to no concert. She's not, you know what I'm saying? So like, sometimes I think I think I think some of the numbers can be, uh, not not you know they don't they don't they're hollow accurate. they don't mean as much yeah they, they, they could be accurate but they probably don't mean as much so like mm. my, my whole big thing especially even me as an artist is like how do i trans uh transition people from being like numbers into being real fans like real fans that's a real good point show, yeah. up, show up every time that we drop something right you know they interact whatever the whatever the case may be but how do you how do you locate those yeah. people you know what I'm saying? How, how do you get them to find you? You know, that's that's more of the thing to me, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it makes it makes me think. Sorry, Rob. This, this no, no, point, no, it no, makes, no, I was gonna piggyback over what you said. Finish. Yeah, it makes it makes me think about though. Like again, going back to the purest thing. Like we had Master Ace on the show before, and Shout he was out. talking about how he um you know like how well he performed overseas versus how it shows look here. And I guess it's kind of it kind of speaks to what you're saying about like you know like hollow versus like real fans like those are real fans that he could probably go and sell all his merch and you know they know his records word for word you know so and you know i kind of feel like that there may be a longer shelf life for people that are independent or maybe purists or maybe underground artists versus the mainstream dude who pop they have one record they tour the country one time with it you know unless you have a super super big record you know eventually it's going to dry out and that's it for you well but to that same point though to your earlier point i think everybody it's one it's one industry in a way that it probably never had been before nowadays like we're all playing the same game now yeah you know what I'm saying? like we're all on spotify we're all on you know we're all on the same dsps like right to me that means we all on the same major label <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. like, it kind of it kind of like we all in the same boat now our our reach as far as you know like who who can find us is different but you know like it's it's kind of one it's just it's kind of one game that you're that you're just trying to level up in i think before there was a couple games you know what i'm saying like because there were there were different outlets in that way so i don't know it's tough i will say though man like it's really difficult to um it's difficult to stand out when every single person on the planet has the opportunity to be an artist mm, yeah. that's like, a great point the 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 technology part of it i talk about this all the time with you know with people the technology really changed music in ways that i don't think people really understand like all right so back right when you was when you was sam cook right and you wanted to make a song you had to a be talented mm-hmm. b know of a studio See, no musicians that you could go to the studio with, mm-hmm. right? Then you also had to get to the studio, mm-hmm. right? You had to make sure they got to the studio. Right. All of the same, yeah. all had to happen at the same time with no phones or nothing, right? Then once y'all got in the studio, y'all had to create from scratch, all right? Mm-hmm. Like there was, you didn't come to the studio, like you might've came to the studio with an idea, but a lot of times it was, 
it was it was playing and, and, and jamming in the studio. And, oh, what's that? What's that? Yo, let's keep that. <laughs> and then, like, you created right then. But, and it cost money, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, all of those factors, in my opinion, weeded out Weed people out. But, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you really wasn't that talented, you really wasn't going through all of that yeah. to, to, to press to press a record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, yeah. that, I think that that way that we used to weed out the unserious and the not talented, mm -hmm. that's dead. Like, everybody gets in. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's up to, <laughs> bro, and it's up to, it's up to the, the, the fan, the yeah. listener, yeah. to to weed out, but they don't weed out. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> you know Sam Cook ain't have 48 tracks either. Every <laughs> week. But so so you gotta think, a super talented uh artist beget super talented listeners, right? Mm. So like the more the less uh the less the more untalented or less talented artists that permeate the, imagine how many millions more untrained listeners there are that can boost them up and now you're fighting uphill with with legitimate art you know what i'm saying like my, fucking, my, my sister no no shade though like she wouldn't be able to tell the fucking difference bro she don't you know what i mean <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it is it is it jamming to me right <laughs> and interest is what creates fans and you're speaking about fans and how we and purists and, and, and locating these individuals. How do we do that? How do we do that as a creative? Creating these lanes for people to come and pay attention to our mood. And, and spe specifically for you, you know, when, when was it when you hearing words and similes and metaphors and all of that? What, what, what was in there when you was hearing that that made you want to become an MC and more importantly, make you write so competitive? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. Um... I, uh, the, you know the the having being young niggas that grew up you know in you know um, impoverished and all of that type of shit like we always had older homies to look up to and all and all that type of shit and like oh my you know, like my my uncles was the niggas was they was lit to me you know what I'm saying like my uncles was lit my uncle had the, had the ninety three Diamante. He was out here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, I'm trying to be like this thing, right? This thing, <laughs> like, Diamante. No, son, the, the, it was like cream, the cream dealing. Oh, classic, classic right? Son, I, used to, I used to be like, I need to have a Diamante. Like, this has to happen. <laughs> but like, you know, like I would get into my uncle's car. And I feel like these experiences, I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm not a kid now, but I feel like these experiences aren't the same, you know? Right. Um, I would get in my uncle's car and that like getting in my uncle's car was so lit like I don't think niggas understand like oh your uncle gonna take you word like oh shit like you're right right like yo what we doing and then I would get in the car and then my uncle was playing music I wouldn't hear nowhere else you know what I'm saying like I would get in my car and I'm hearing I'm fucking I'm fucking I'm like what is this? This is mad. <laughs> this shit, right? And then, and he put me on game. He like, yo, so this is this is Nas. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knew, but yo, he, he's ill. Like, yo, peep what he did right here. I'm a kid. I'm like, oh shit. Like, you know, that's what's up. Yeah. So like, I got. I, I I guess that's me saying I I was able to get schooled to what was 
right. what, what to listen for. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and even even going a little bit deeper than that, like my uncle, you know, I grew up a Michael Jackson head, like everybody grew up a Michael Jackson head, right? But my uncle was a Prince head, right. and my uncle was really about like, yeah, but Prince play all the musicians, I mean, play all the instruments, and he's singing all the different, you know, octaves, and he's putting me on to like, all right, you gotta understand the talent. You gotta understand what's ill, not just what you hear, but like, understand why it's Ill. Why it's Ill. Ill. yeah like understand why it's ill you know what i'm saying like not, not just that it's ill but why it's ill you know what i'm saying and we went we went i went through that that education and then my other uncles um that was my uncle on my my father's side that had the diamante my other uncles my uncle jermaine um who's close closest to my age jermaine was a wild boy and <laughs> You know, he's uh, he he was the first person in my family I knew that rap. So my uncle Jermaine was rapping, and my and, and my cousin Randy was rapping. So I would go into their room and they'd be in there playing tapes and, and freestyling. And I'm like, this is lit! Like I, you know, so I, I used to I used to try to I wouldn't tell them, but I used to try to write little rhymes and shit. And I remember one day I told my uncle, I'm like, yo, I, I they, they was in. I was like, yo, next time y'all cipher, I got some. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> so, yo, I came in there with this paper, bro, and I probably still have it somewhere. But I'm talking margin to margin, front, back, the words, the whole shit. So, I was like, yo, 50,000 bars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I, thought, I remember I was kicking my shit, and he was like, yo, that shit is trash. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying, like, but. I just wanted to be down. Like I thought it was ill. I wanted to be down. So like, you know, kept working on it, man. And and I think I think my uh my advantage, I've always said, like I don't I don't consider myself a great MC. I consider myself a great listener. Uh and my ability to be a great listener allows me to to um not write at a high uh, skill level, but to be a modest, bro. To, to critique myself at a high skill level, so that the stuff that makes it out is ill, because I because I can hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like I know when it's not that, <laughs> and the shit that's not that, y'all don't hear that shit. You okay. know what I'm saying? But it, it's that it's that level of being able to edit and be like, that's not it, or that that is it. Like having a good enough ear to, and, and being honest which itself allows you to be able to do that. And I think that's what mm. allowed me to keep getting better and better because I just wanted to be ill, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me just repeat this real quick. He, you know, this, this, this guy right here, bro, when it comes to writing, right? So <laughs> I wrote down one of your joints, bro, because I had oh, Wait, 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 wait. You wrote it down? No, I, I wrote it. I had to write it down. Like, I want to I wanna make sure I don't fuck this. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, all right. I'm listening to your joint and this shit and it blew my mind because it brought me back. So anybody, I'm, we all WWF fans. Oh man, I'm. Griselda, <laughs> Griselda, I'm not gonna lie, bro. When <laughs> Westside Gun started doing the wrestling shit, I was like, damn, fuck, I missed that one because <laughs> because I, I've been on that. And I'm like, yo, I know all this shit. I was like, see. I can't even do it now because I'm gonna look like I'm biting this thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Nah, nah. Because what the guard said, foot on your foot on their toe. 
as soon as they tapping in, parents cackling. I chicken wing them like Bob cackling. I was I was smoked as hell. I just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. You, bro. And that's why I asked you about words, similes, mm-hmm. phrases, and so forth for what encouraged you. Because when I hear what you're writing, I'm like, yo, this guy, like you said, you want people to hear this shit 10 years and be like, yo, I didn't hear that in yeah. 72. How come I missed that? Yeah. And that's, yeah. The, that's the beauty of an MC for me personally, because it, it keeps me on the journey of wanting to listen to you. What else you got? What else did he say? Then you yeah. hear another beat, it's like, he rapped on that? Let me hear what else he said. Yeah. That to me is a testament with dope. Yo, what's what's the other line? But flame to your head like Pepsi or put the heat to your head like Pepsi? Remember the uh, last one? Uh, I put the fire to his head, you know, Pepsi. Yeah. I put the fire to his head, you know, Pepsi. He wouldn't dance, now he dance quick. No Nestle. Yeah. It's the combination of wordplay, similes, and and if and if you were there, if you know, you know. Because there's there's things in there that might go with some people here like these kids that they don't know who the hell Bob back is or what a chicken wing is. So so check it out. Growing up, alright, so now that I'm, you know, in my teenage years and shit. <laughs> You know, I, one thing I've always been like interested in guys who were smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you sounded smart, if you, I was like, yeah, that's yeah, I won't rock with you. So like, I was a big. <laughs> I would probably say like in '96, my favorite rapper in '96 was RZA. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, which is kind of bugged out. Like, who says their favorite rapper? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, I got a couple friends on RZA like, nah, fuck everybody else, I love RZA. Fuck. No, because he just sounded dumb smart, bro. Like, I was like, yo, this nigga knows everything. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and just, I think, I think growing up, listening to the Nas's and listening to the, to the, you know, to the, to the RZA's and just different, different MCs, uh, the Rakim's and everybody that I had the opportunity to be exposed to. And then you're listening to music that's above your grade level. So I don't know what they're talking about. Understand? Like there's a lot that I'm listening to and I'm feeling it, but I don't think I understand it. So it, it turned me into a researcher, right? Like, okay, now nah, I need I need to know what they're talking about. I need to understand what this is and blah 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 blah. And just kind of melding all of those things kind of into developing my own, you know, my own style. And it took me a while, you know what I'm saying? Like I you know, if you were if you were privy to some of the music I was making in the early 2000s, you know, it's a different set of circumstances, you know? <laughs> because I was still trying to figure out what, 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 where my angle was and what my thing was. I think I always had it in my head, but I, I didn't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, and I also didn't have the, the production that allowed me to do it either. Like, I kind of had, had a sound in my head. I had, a, I had it. I knew exactly the rapper I wanted to be. Like the guy that you hear on Mohicans, like I wanted to be that guy in 2001. You know wow. what I'm saying? But I didn't, right. you know, I didn't have the the control over my voice. I didn't have the 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 the, the, the access to the to the to the right production for the my voice. Oh, yeah, all of that, right? So like, it took me 
and 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 it took me a lot of years of performing and being in front of crowds and like kind of just understanding like okay this works this don't this works this don't mm-hmm. you know and figuring out what's my right uh tempo to rap to and right you know what's the right cadence all of that yeah. but in all of that the, the 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 through line was i gotta be the illest nigga like my goal is to be the illest nigga like let's not let's not get it fucked up and even, even to this day it don't i'm gonna I'm keep it a, a stack it don't really help that mentality is not helpful in 2023 <laughs> right because everybody wants to feel like like well, you know like i don't like when people be like nah yo yo be humble fuck all that fuck humble nigga i'm out these niggas everybody gotta die nigga i don't give a fuck and that's not that's not community shit you know <laughs> it's a sport though you know yo, yeah. 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 yeah it's the same that's way not. you get on the car it's a sport I respect it because think about it. Just in the conversation we having right now, you level set. So you're not out there putting shit out saying that everything you do is the greatest. You listen to them be like, nah, that ain't it. There's people that's out there that everything they think they do is the greatest shit. And we know it's not, but they don't feel that way. Right. Passion and you, you like, if you could recognize that ain't it and move forward, then you you putting that foot forward out there. That's well, and, uh, you know, one, one thing I add to that is what you could tell me this album is not your favorite, this song is not your favorite. That's fine. What nobody will ever tell me is, you not nice, you didn't bar out on that. No, 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 every joint gets murdered. Like, let's not be, let's not, let's not play funny with that. Like every joint yeah. gets murdered. And I I, 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 I even sometimes try to evoke it. Like I'll pull it out. Like, you know, it's funny, man. I had an interview the other day and uh, <laughs> the, nigga, the nigga was like, yo, you know, there was a couple MCs in the room, and I had not ever met any of these niggas. Okay. He was just like, "Yo, so like, what, what, what you trying to do?" I'm like, "Murder all these niggas! Like, everybody's got." <laughs> and um, it was a weird energy in the room, obviously. <laughs> but like, yo, and I feel good about it because I know what I do. I know, yeah. like, what I always tell people is the bravado of being a super MC is that, yeah, but I'm in the gym though, so like, I know what I do. Like, yeah. you know, I, I feel very confident in how I gets busy because I know the time I put in, I know the work I put in, I know the, the dedication I put to it, I know the years behind it, I know the 10,000 hours twice over, like, so yeah, now I'm talking shit about it, so what's up, you know what I mean? So like, that's kind of the energy that I'm on. Yeah, I'm looking at some stuff, I'm like, like the 2013 um, Wordsworth performance, Mm. I'm like, that's wow. Yeah, you like that one, right? Shout out, shout out my guy Wordsworth. Yeah, yeah. I, I was crazy right there. I'm like, damn. And had the interview right after the performance. <laughs> right in the streets, huh? Right in the streets. I watched you, I watched the interview where you talked about producers over producing, and I'm guessing that's where the concept of loops one and loops two um came from. But um, and I kind of feel like in the same vein as you, like I think that producers sometimes can overproduce. But from your perspective, I'm just interested in knowing like what, what constitutes overproduction? Good question, Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it, that's, 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 that's a beauty in the eye of a beholder question a little bit mm-hmm. because overproduction to me 
is not the same as overproduction to somebody else. And that's mainly because to keep it a stack, like I produce, you know what I'm saying? Like I am a producer in my head. Like I am a producer. What I am not is a beat maker. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't punch the pads, but I produce. Like I put all my records together. It's, there's no input elsewhere. If you hear samples, intros, outros, this, that, like all of that comes out of my my head. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, I need the I need the space to be creative. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where overproducing comes in. Now, I am super open to like other ideas and you know whatever like that. Like if we in the lab and oh you got an idea, I'm like oh that's crazy. Yeah, let's do that. Da, 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 da. All of that that's all love. But like sometimes. Uh, you know, producers will producers will have an agenda, and they want to get their production nut off. <laughs> you know, they're like, and, and then and then them wanting to get their production nut off is in contrast to the record a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's and 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 and, and to give producers some credit, me probably trying to get my rhyme nut off do the same thing, mm-hmm. right? So like. It's about us finding a, a happy medium between like building for the song and not so much for the for the for skill of it, I guess you could say. Two creators going back and forth and trying to figure out how you can yeah. mesh things together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I think but I will say uh, just to, just to answer your question a different way. What I learned about myself is that I have uh, I need, first of all I need space, and uh, second, you know when you have a voice like the kind of voice that I have like I just need records that aren't so busy mm-hmm. um, you know my voice is an instrument in itself know, you know? so like the busier the record the the more difficult it is for me to do for me to play it's I need more of a, a canvas to lay on I guess you could yeah, say yeah. Yeah. is it that producers they, they when they're making music there's too much distraction in the, in, in the beat yeah, like I'm not real big on like the super busy, super busy. Like I like uh, melody. I like, I like vibe, but I don't really like busy. So mm-hmm. like, you know, so like on my podcast, I do the, uh, a podcast called Making Nomadic uh, with my man uh, Sean Cantrowich from The Questions, and um, like we did uh, LP. Uh, what was that record? Um, uh, what was the first LP record? Um, no, not Funk Pressure Plus. Plus, we did, yeah, Funk Pressure Plus. Plus, we did Funk Pressure Plus, and it's you know LP from back then was busy, busy, like yeah. mad drums everywhere, just mad sounds and shit, and that's a lot for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just remember being like, Jesus Christ, like I would have been so stressed out trying to write to these shits. Like, I need more, I need more melody, more uh, vibe. And then I can kind of, because to me, I provide the busy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the busy. You need a groove. You need something to groove yeah. to. I think. I, I think though, like, um, what happens though sometimes is like, you know, like some sometimes the technical know-how may get in the way. Like when you right. have the technical understanding and stuff, sometimes it hinders like the simplicity and the creativity of it. Like there, are, there are things that I hear that I'm like, yo, that's perfect with just a. That's why I was intrigued by the loop stuff. Like, oh, loop that. That's perfect with just a loop kind of thing but then there is the, that piece of producers wanting to get their production nut off and you know they want to do a lot of stuff like I think sometimes it sounds really good sometimes it can be 
a little bit too much and sometimes it stifles what the song actually could be. I think about like some of the records that I've heard that have been very simple records that have been well produced that, you know, like if you think about like the Alchemist, Coochie mm-hmm. Rap, Mob Deep, you know, like what's the realist I think it's called? Yeah. Very simple, yeah. Like this- yeah, but 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 a lot of like hip hop fans will fuck it up too because you don't understand how many fans hit me with the you don't like drums? You don't want to rap on drums? Like, you hate drums? And I'm like, no, it's, I don't hate drums and shit. Like, like, you know, like, what kind of shit is that? I don't hate drums, nigga. Like, I like drums, but fuck, bro, I've been rapping for 20 years. Like, I done rapped on all the drum patterns. Like, unless you niggas is coming up with really new, innovative, ill drums, like, let me rap on this shit that give me some new ideas and some new flavors and shit. Like, a lot of this shit is, like, you know, whatever. But, like, the, the, the boom back uh, will force your hand into like, nah, you gotta do it like this, you not hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's kind of whack, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I get hit with it all the time, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> well, it's kinda annoying. Yep. All right, so here's the, here's the irony of it though. Cult classic record right now, that's probably the this dude's biggest record of all time, Luke Mill, Dreams and Nightmares, like, I guess it's the you know the crescendo or, or of that record that it gets that to that level and gets that hype. But look how many people love that record. There are no drums involved in that record at the beginning. No, there's just a, a simple piano riff. It's, it's about flavor, bro. Like, is it fire? Or is the shit not fire? Like, to me, that's that's where we at. And like, if you look at Al, to your point, like Al, what Al be doing and shit, like it's 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 flavor, bro. And if you could if you could if you could catch the vibe of it, but I think a lot of the <laughs> to use that word you used earlier, like a lot of purists, they not with the shits. They like, yo, you're bastardizing our genre. You know, don't get high hats. The high hats in the yeah, like, yeah. are killing our genre. I'm like, word? Like, to keep it a stack, I started doing, I'm an early adopter of rhyming over no drums. I started, you know, you could probably go back in my catalog and I think the first thing that I did with, on, on some, on some, uh, or something with no drums was like, maybe like 2005, mm-hmm. 2004, you know what I'm saying? Like niggas wasn't on that, you know what I mean? Back Way back then. There was a select few. There's always been joints like that throughout the year, but niggas wasn't on that. Niggas definitely wasn't doing whole projects and shit. Like that wasn't a thing. And what it was for me was because I'm a producer, but I don't hit the buttons. Like I, I had ideas for records and I would take my ideas to producers and they would take the sample, like I'd be like, yo, 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 take this. And then they would make the beat and it would just not be what I heard in my head. Like, oh, this did happen, like what I thought. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just loop these shits up myself and just rap over the part I want to rap on mm-hmm. the way I want to rap on it. Yeah. And I remember like when I took that shit, when I was first taking the, them joints to get, you know, to, to mix them and stuff, dudes was like, all right, so you want me to put the drums right here? Like, nah, I don't want you to do nothing to it. <laughs> Like it's where it needs to be. You know what's a crazy loop? Like I, I think about like solidify for me that okay, it could just be whatever. Remember, um, Ghost had the joint um, oh, with the yeah, phonics. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I'm like, and that's crazy. yeah, that's that. I think is another level of creativity, like risk taking, the ability to feel comfortable with risk taking. Yeah, you know, most crowds I get in front of, right are hearing me more or less for the first time, right? So I had to make a 
artistic conscious decision at one point where I was like, all right, do I want to get up here and sell you a song? Or do I want to get up here and sell you that I'm the illest nigga alive? Like, <laughs> which one of these, which one of these things am I going to yeah. sell you? Right? So I, I just decided, and so, cause I, I would watch, I, bro, everything hip hop I was doing analytically and I'm watching like, and, I, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I saw Sean Price perform one time and it changed my whole, uh, it, it was like a light bulb went off. Mm -hmm. He went up and it was the first time that I ever seen somebody rap live where the crowd hung on every word that he was saying. Right. It wasn't about the song, it was about like, what came after that? What are you gonna say next? They were reacting to bars. Right. And at most hip hop shows of indie of independent artists and stuff like that, you're not reacting to bars. You're 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 hearing the record for the first time, right? Mm -hmm. And bugs go do their joints with all the hook, the, the big hook and whatever. And I was like, you know what, bro? I'ma flip this. Like and I just started doing shows where I would just go up and put the beat put something on and rap. And I was saying to myself, like, and then my, my, my homeboy would be like, yo, why you don't do, like, you know, you got some songs. Like, you don't do that song? I'm like, yeah, but they're they not going to they not gonna understand me, though. Yeah, like, yeah. I need niggas to walk away going, did you hear this nigga? Like, yeah. this thing is crazy. And then if they want to hear the songs, they'll go find it. And then they can hear the songs. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's, it's about, to me, the, the, the loops gave me, that, that was the first time that I created space for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like those joints gave me the space to be crazy with it and, mm -hmm. and do do different schemes and like and then say things that I've always been rhyming crazy, but it, it just seemed like people who started coming up to me after the loop shit came out like, yo, yo, you said it. I'm like, yo, I've been saying shit like this, but, but you, you can really hear it now. You can hear it now, yeah. you know, in a different way. So that's really where that really like kind of became a thing for me. Yeah. Speaking of production, who do you love working with or enjoy working with when you don't have that, you know, that, uh, the word I'm looking for? The battle? Well, I don't have the fight. Yeah, yeah you ain't got to um, <laughs> You know what, man? Like, if you look at my last few projects and shit, like, I keep my circle pretty tight. Um, who, who was on um, Devil's Playground? So De Devil's Playground is my man, Deli Digger. And that's that's like kind of my main my main. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like we did we did Devil's Playground, we did Way the Sidewalk Ends, and we did eighty four, eighty seven. And if you look at those projects, um, it's just just me and Delhi. Ain't no features, ain't no outside production or nothing. Like, you know, just just getting busy. So, um, me and Delhi got a real where where I linked up with Delhi was when I when I started hearing Delhi when Delhi started sending me beats, I was like. Oh, he's got the same sensibilities I do about like, about these, about how the joints could be. And then I was like, well, fuck it. I don't need to do loops no more. Cause this nigga does the loops and he produces them. Like this is phenomenal. Like he does the thing, he does the next thing that I couldn't do because I don't, you know, I don't press the button. So mm -hmm. uh, my man Sharp, shout out my man Sharp. Uh, he do uh, a lot of my stuff. Um, you know, I work with Dirty Digs out in LA. Um, you know, yeah. shout out Big Bro, uh, Ono, um, Ono to Disrupt, you know, do a lot of stuff for Ono. Um, just a lot, just, you know, I got a, guys that are my friends, you know what I'm saying? You got a really what I work with. Um, yeah, kid. 
and I and it was some interview with him. You said something I thought was cool where you was explaining like um the breakdown of money and like if you had a hundred fans, you were talking about how how um I believe it was Planet Age asked for forty dollars and you was like I could get twenty and if I get a hundred people to get it and stuff. I it's talk talk about that a little bit because I don't think people understand that that how to monetize, you know, basically turn turn um certain followers to, to consumers and like how instead of like trying to everybody trying to get a million dollars off the top how you can make money straight through without this this big thing well big they, they, go, they go back to you need you need fans you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> like it, it sounds kind of like obvious but like I'm, I'm gonna tell you it's not bro i had a conversation with some some guys some local some local guys here in orlando recently we were having this conversation and, and, and I'm, you know, like my, my newest album, uh, Last of Mohicans is out and it's on Bandcamp. It's not on none of the DSPs. I don't even have none of the songs available on Bandcamp. Like you can't, you can't even listen to it on Bandcamp. You know what I'm saying? And so like, there's that. So like I was telling somebody and they was like, yo, I'm gonna do that too. I was like, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's yeah. And it was like, well, yo, but you know, I'm trying to make this money. It's like, yeah, but you got to get fans first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have any fans, like if you're... I'm not going to buy it. Then, then you're just... Wrong to you want people to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, people want to hear your shit so they can buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, my take on that was, bro, like, I got a lot of music out. So, like, if you, if, if you want to hear, like, you could go on DSPs right now and, like, there's a lot of stuff for you to hear. You know what I'm saying? And to me, there's a, a level of quality that's been established and whatever to where, like, you know what it is then. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. if you if you fuck with the shit, if you like what I've done over the years, then, like, you don't feel stressed about going to go cop this next shit even though you haven't heard it. Like, right. And I, and, I, and I stole that from watching Rock Marcy put his shit out over the last couple of years. And, like... The nigga rock, the, the, the nigga rock put the last album out, not the Alchemist shit, the one before that. The nigga put the the zip on his website for fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nigga, the zip, the zip, a zip file was fifty fucking dollars, nigga. And there wasn't no single nothing. It was just like, yo, if you want this shit, wow. it and guess what? We bought the shit because nigga is Rock Marcy. Like wow. I know he, you know what I'm saying? Like he gonna get busy. So my thought was like. You know, you know what I'm gonna do. If you don't, you probably shouldn't be here in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Go, yeah. go, million. And there's gonna be more stuff that's gonna be on DSPs and things of that nature. But you know, like maybe some of this stuff we can hold, we can hold back. And you gotta come over here for this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I and, think LG is trying to do that now too, because I think LG got LG.net or something like that. I think he's yeah. trying to do it you know, just come, you know, if you like LG, just go straight to LG, bro. And mm-hmm. You know, like you seen Kyle on the corner doing doing the the, the hand to hands, like yeah, I'm yeah. with the shit. And you gotta be a little creative, I think, in your approach. If if your approach is about making a couple dollars, now if your approach is about getting more fans, it's I think it's the same concept, but it's a different approach. Different, you know right. because you, you do you gotta get fans first. You gotta find your pocket of people that like. The, the kind of thing you do. And there's so many little genres in hip hop, like so many, right? So like, I'll give you an example, like, uh, you know, shout out, shout out my guy, Wordsworth, right? 
So Wordsworth and Benny the Butcher. Like, these niggas is not in the same genre. It's not even the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you could be, you could say, uh, yeah, they both independent hip hop rap, you know, artists. But it's like, yeah, but this nigga does something completely different than what this nigga does. Like, it's not even in the same yeah. universe, nigga. Like, could they be on the same song? Sure. But the music that Words does and the music that Benny does, it's not even the same thing. And yeah. like, if you're a fan of Benny, like, are there crossover fans? Sure. But there's probably a lot of people who like this who don't like this. Right. Yeah. And, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's really, and that works, that works to each artist's favor to some extent, because at least you know who you're talking to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I know who these 300 motherfuckers, I know who they are. Like, I know yeah. who they are. I know what they like. I know what their sensibilities are. I know what matters to them. Like, Griselda did the ill thing and they like, they figured out who their fans were. Like, yeah. these are the motherfuckers that fuck with us. Yeah. They, they, they like fashion. They like wrestling. They like th this. So we can narrow it down and sell straight to these motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. I feel like the street, like streaming platforms are kind of like the testers. And then you could, you know, you could build your core audience and then you could put it behind a, um, a paywall but going back to what you were saying i guess uh, in relation to like the um the 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 selling point of it like, i think even like some of the established artists that realize that there's not a lot of money make um to make with streaming now you see they'll bundle up their stuff like nas did the whole king's disease trilogy and magic trilogy and you know you could get the physical copy you could get the merch associated with it like people are starting to realize that there has to be other things if you're going to actually monetize your artistry rather than relying on streams I, I agree. I, I've said for a long time, I wish some of the, um, you know, uh, legacy artists or classic or whatever you want to call them, I wish, like, I wish Ghostface would go, you know what, bro? Supreme Clientele 2 is only available at ghostfacekiller.com. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, and, like, put all your energy into it. Because, like, sometimes when, when, when guys... Uh, when quote unquote big artists like a Ghostface or like a Redman or something, like the stuff that they do that with is not their Throw best. Away. Yeah, it's throwaway shit. Yeah. But like to me, I mean, we are for lack of a better term, but like to me, to me, like what if Muddy Waters too that this thing has been working on for five years? What if, had to, what if he really like made it really ill, but then you had to go to him to get it? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like well, to me, you would he, he would keep That's how you create your are you are you keep well, your family. Well here's the thing you figure, like if people business acumen was actually good, then you would you would step back and you'd probably be able to say to yourself, like, look, you know, like the cost of recording is substantially less than what it was before. Your marketing is now taking out your phone and doing what you need to do by way of marketing. Everything is direct to consumer. So before when it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to record a project. That ain't happening no more. Even with producers, like I don't see a person going to Swiss beat and getting a million dollar beat or a hundred thousand yeah, dollar yeah, beat no more. Yeah. You know, so but if all, Rock, all the cost has been reduced drastically. If Rock Marcy could do it, then people at a level up their Rock Marcy could do it. And then people at a level up could do it, right? So like in my head, like even to the level of like somebody like Drake, I'm like, shit, if I'm Drake. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'ma have OVO.com yep. and 
I'm going to put out my next project. It's going to be $20 a pop for the zip. And you're not going to get it on streaming. And, you know, you think, like, I just saw some shit the other day. Drake just crossed, like, a billion streams or some wild. Right? What if, obviously, if he did that album on OVO.com, it's not going to do a billion, right? But, like, (laughs) like, he could do, like, 200,000. He can do a third of that. Yeah, like he can really. He can do big numbers on his own. Huge yeah. numbers off of that, and not yeah. even have none of the overhead, like you were saying. Like, yeah. bro, like I don't understand why motherfuckers is not on that train yet. It it would be out of control, bro. It would because be, the optics, the optics. I, of, I remember watching an interview, and I think Jada Kiss was in it or something like that. And Jada Kiss was I like, see, also wow. was on it. he he had the mindset. Yeah, but you I, did you ever see the interview where Jada Kiss was talking about like, yeah, I like the major label push the promotion i like getting advanced and i like all the stuff or whatever but those days to me is over like you know i i think what you're saying is 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 accurate like if you have 500 core fans that if you know every time you drop they're gonna spend ten dollars on your project you know jim jones i think tapped into that a lot during COVID. also you know like jim jones put out a lot of, i would have never thought i would have seen the day where i felt like jim jones may have exceeded cameron as a rapper yeah, <laughs> but you know Jim Jones. I think his business acumen has really gotten to a place, and his work ethic has showed that yo, the dude knows what he's doing in terms of like marketing and selling music. Like he was probably in the lab recording at home, you know, for next to nothing, with, and using relationships to get beats and then turning right. around. That's right. Out. So the, yeah. well, you know, the thing that frustrates me about that, and you, you I mean, you just said it is it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's an inability to move on from old sensibilities a little bit because because like let's keep it a stack bro like Jadakiss is not getting any new fans Mm -hmm. so what the fuck do you need a big marketing budget for like everybody who wants to buy a Jadakiss album is going to know that it's out Mm -hmm. like they already fucking follow you on social media and shit like you don't really need it the same way that you did like it ain't like Jadakiss is is like the marketing budget in my head is to make sure that a your your, your main people know about it but also so new people can know about it but like Jadakiss doesn't even make any new fans you know what I'm saying like if you like it's those the, the ability to get new fans I think is kind of dead for somebody who's out for 20 years you know what I'm saying in a major way like yeah. so really really all you're fucking with is Jadakiss fans you know what I'm saying? People already grown up with you. People who grown up with you. People who already like you. So mm-hmm. just fucking hit hit them niggas. Hit them straight over the head, bro. And you're gonna you're gonna be lit. And like you got enough uh famous friends to be able to get cross promotion on their social media platforms yep. and shit. You could you could spend a little money putting advertisements in some different places and shit. But yep. the money you're gonna make back is gonna be so lit. Like I don't know. I just feel like it makes too much sense. Yeah. Okay. I think Kanye was trying to do something like that, but I think he his reach, his thought process was too big. Because remember, Kanye with that with that device, the device, the device yeah. thing. I thought the problem was the problem with that was the device though. The device part, yeah. <laughs> the device the part. idea was good. The idea was the good. Idea was great. The idea was great. Hey, but you know what? It wasn't really a problem because it sold. It actually worked. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like if you remember when that shit dropped, it sold a lot. <laughs> It sold a shit ton, you know. The yeah. website crashed, all types of shit. Like it kind of did work, you know what I mean? Like, and the, I think another part of the idea with the device was so that it, it doesn't really leak onto the internet. 
Yeah, he got it isolated. Yeah, yeah, but like, bro, there's, 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 um, like I think early on though, like there are artists who put a negative connotation on independent. Like remember back in the days they was calling Koch and Landspeed hip hop's graveyard. Yeah, and I think like some of the older rappers are still stuck in that mindset. Like, yeah, I don't want to go independent because if I'm not on a major. It makes it seem as if I failed or I'm not relevant anymore. And right. they're not actually thinking about the financial element of being independent. It's a fact. It's a fact. Labels, they're not making money anymore. You got people trying to do all types of gimmicks. If you look, if you look at the stuff that they put down and trying to do now, trying, they're basically trying to rebrand themselves to stuff like publishing agents and publicists and all types of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody trying to like nobody's going to do a major label. It's a, it's a different game now. It's definitely a different game, and that's why. You know, real talk, that's why the, the kids are dominating is because they don't care about all the same shit that we care that we care about, bro. Like even even me, man, oh, like push it out Every I fight with myself daily, daily. <laughs> because I'm like, I'm overthinking this shit. I'm overthinking this shit. I'm overthinking this shit. I'm overthinking this shit. Because these niggas don't care about shit. They just run, nigga. Go, 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 go. And I'm like, my brain, like, it's, it, so I do understand it because my brain is like, damn, like, there's a level of, like, ah, I got, you know, I got to care to, like, this much level. But even that much level is how they get back up on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care, bro. They run. Like, just, so my man was saying to me the other day, he's like, yo, what if we just don't mix the next album? I'm like, what do you mean, don't mix the next album? <laughs> like, like, throw it out there. Throw it out there. Throw it out. So, so, so I'm like, so my first thought was like, are you crazy? And I was like, Ex explain this to me. <laughs> like, let me ask a little more about this. Yeah, it's just like, yo, like, I mean, they just listening to it on their phones anyway. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it has to evolution. You got to be open to that evolution. Because, yo, people recording on their phones now. Son, that's what I'm well, saying. Yeah, yep. So yeah, it's it's a different it's a different um it's a different way of thinking, man. And, and it is tough because we came from the album era, and I, I don't think that's how these I don't think that's how the kids look at it, man. I mean, people that's ten years younger than, than me, I'm 39, 10 years younger than me. They they wasn't they ain't listen to no album as an album. You know what happened? Dudes, right now, somebody got a microphone. Forget all the setup, rapping directly into iMovie, hit enter and upload. <laughs> well, they got all types of programs these kids is working with. Like, you would think that they went to a major studio. Like, I, I've talked or, to some young people and listen, listen to the quality of some of this stuff, and some of them have never been in the studio. They don't know what that experience is like. They like in their room late at night when everybody sleep. <laughs> Rapping on some software or something yeah. on the cell phone. <laughs> Kid you I, not? Um, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if I, Rob and Ken have a question. I just got one last question. That I, I usually ask like the dudes who come on that I feel are like really good MCs and wordsmiths. Um, give me your five rappers, rappers, and why? Rappers, rappers, <laughs> not a rapper, a rappers, rapper. All right, so um, I'm gonna bring y'all in on a little secret. <laughs> There's a secret society of MCMCs. Okay. And we all know about each other. Let's talk about that. Right? Like we know. And I and I know and I and I developed this my this this thought in my head because, you know, 
I know I know some MCs from different walks of life and different whatever. That's MC, right? But like you know, the rap this 50 billion rappers and shit. Like you just don't know everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But the super MCs, the other super MCs, they know about the other super MCs. <laughs> like, nah, nah, nah. I know who that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yo, you just you just like yeah, 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 yeah. I know. So like, um, there's there's some guys. There's definitely some guys out there that I'm like, yeah, that nigga's crazy with it. Uh, Superstition. Uh, shout out my shout out my guy Superstition. Uh, Super's uh, on the last of the Mohicans. Um, Justice League fam, you know, all the whatever. Super is a monster on the mic. Um, you know, every time I'm sitting and getting ready to do something with Super, I gotta like, Mentally prepare myself, you know, because because the thing is, you know what niggas is gonna do, yeah. so like I know what he gonna do, more or less, yeah. right? Uh, super do guy, he do flip styles and shit, but like I, when I say I know what he gonna do, like I know he's gonna get busy, yeah. right? So like I gotta get my mind ready for like the busy that I know he gonna get, so <laughs> I can pick up and you know whatever like that. So superstition is definitely one of them. Um, Two guys that's in my crew, uh, Planet Asia and Tri-State. Uh, you know, uh, Planet Asia and Tri-State, two of the illest ever. Um, chain, nigga. Chain, you know, all day. Uh, whenever, whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever Tri-State send me a verse, I almost don't even want to open this shit. <laughs> you know, make it work. Yeah, work. man, because. I'll be like, this nigga Tri-State, bro. Like, God damn. So he's crazy with it. And then, of course, PA is the god. You know, he's a legend. And 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 <laughs> every time Planet Asia makes rap look so easy, uh, it's not even fair. So I would say them three guys for sure. Um, I would throw Rock Marcy on that list. Uh, Rock is just... His story is dope, man. The whole flip mode and flip mode. that workout and the buses yeah. on the block and all that. Yeah. And, and he was always super nasty. Like, mm-hmm. if you go way back, like, he's his style has evolved and changed and twisted and whatever. Mm-hmm. What hasn't changed is he's always been super nasty. You know what I'm saying? And he's just a killer. He's just, he's just so good. He's so good at rapping. Um, I had somebody else in my head. Who was it? Um... I said super, try to oh, and I would I would add Elza to that list. Elza, I would add Elza to that list. Ain't shit. Elza. I just did a joint with Elza over over a over a Ono beat. See, this is crazy. Yo, what are your thoughts on Sahai? All right, so Sahai crazy with it, but I'm gonna keep it a stack like. His flavor don't touch me the right way. I got so, so like, I'm not a, I'm a sucker for LMCs, but I'm a, more of a sucker for flavor than LMCs. Like, I would choose flavor over lyrics every day of the week, twice on Sunday, right? So like, like I'd rather do a song with Old Dirty Bastard than do a song with Sai. Si. <laughs> and I just want I just yeah. want spirit and flavor. Not to say that Saha don't have spirit or flavor. It's just not my cup of tea spirit. So like when it's not when it don't touch me like that, I don't give a fuck what lyric tricks you're doing. Like it just don't move me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But that's you know look, bro. I don't I don't watch battle rap. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't watch battle rap at all. I don't. I have no interest in it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who these <laughs> niggas are. Nothing. Sometimes guys will be playing like, "Yo, peep this scheme in this bar." I'm like, "Get this shit out of here, man! I hear that shit because <laughs> because it's, to me, it's it's not music, and I like music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a I'm not a poet for poet's sake. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like music, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear. I want to hear a song. I want to hear fucking some. Yeah, that's, that's like that's like one of the biggest criticisms that battle rappers take that they can't make a good song. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? I don't even know what kind of songs they make or don't make. They don't be good. Don't be good. I'm saying I don't want to watch them acapella rap. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not with the shit. And I, and I came up battling, but you know we was freestyling over beats. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, and we was coming up, we was coming up doing freestyling over beats. But like, that that whole like, I just don't care about all. I don't care about lyrics that much. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I care about lyrics. I'm a lyricist, but I don't care about lyrics that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus Christ, I, I still. I still want to flavor out, bro. Like I still want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, yo, well, if you think about it, like, like what you're saying with Saha, like to me, Saha is definitely lyrical, but Saha is not. He's not a dude that really moves the needle in terms of. You hear him, you be like, damn, the wordplay is crazy, but there's nothing really there that makes him creates any kind of distinction other than yo, this is this dude is just really nice at putting words together, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And really, all I've heard of Saha, in, in all honesty, is like radio freestyles, right? And every time I've heard one, I'm like, oh God, this motherfucker is out of control. But none of it made me go look him up to hear the songs. Yeah, I got you. Of, the songs are not. The songs are not good. Well, same thing. Uh, uh, what's what's my man that rap real hard? Uh, 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 R.J. Payne. R.J. Payne. Which, by the way, I don't know if R.J. Payne tunes into y'all shit or not, but I got a message for R.J. Payne, which is my aunt. My aunt told me uh, that he's my cousin, apparently. Oh, uh, wow. So I don't. I was just like, "Word." She's like, "Yo, you know R.J. Payne? Like, you rap, right? You know R.J. Payne?" I'm like. How the fuck do you know RJ Payne and shit? He's like, that's your cousin. You know your aunt on the other side. You know how that shit go and shit like that. So RJ Payne, you my cousin, dude. You know what I mean? Holla at the kid. But, um, but but like RJ Payne uh like goes crazy on the on the radio. Mm-hmm. Right? I haven't turned that into listening to the joints yet. You know what I'm saying? And I think he goes crazy on the radio. Like every time I hear a freestyle, I'm like, this dude is going bananas. But, you know, I don't know. There's just a thing to to translate that into now I want to hear the records. Yeah. And I, I even fight with that myself because I don't want to be this lyricist where you don't want to hear the songs. I got you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I want you to feel like you can listen to the records and not get beat up with the raps. It's tough when you're a super lyricist to not do that. But, you know, that's that's definitely a, a game I'm trying to play. But if you understand and you saying like you understand melodies and in and out of pocket and cadence yeah. and stuff like that, then you halfway there because there's some dudes that are that think they're straight lyricists, like they ain't thinking Modern about cadence and melodies and any of that. They just yeah. just spitting, you know. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. If you listen to the '84, '87 album that I did, like that record is it's 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 funky, you know. It's it's funky. It got a lot of different. Uh, movement to it than some of this other stuff. You listen to Devil's Playground. Devil's Playground is not overly wordy. You know what I'm saying? Like Devil's Playground is pretty. Yeah, it, it got it's moody is what yeah. it is. 
yeah. you know what I'm saying? But it's not overly wordy. This new shit, Mohicans, is wordy to death. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I, I like it, to, though. Yeah. I, I tried to word niggas to death on this one, but my logic was, well, the last two projects, I didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, this, this last of the Mohicans for me was really trying to satiate those those boom bap heads that don't want to hear none of my songs because they don't have drums on them and shit. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm gonna do this real simple for y'all. I'm gonna give y'all niggas drums, and I'm gonna rap crazy on every song. Like, you know, this way I'm here. Yeah, you know, like this is for y'all. You know what I'm saying? But keeping a stack, like I would never do. It's been ten years since I did a record with multiple producers and features. Like I don't really do music like that anymore you know like i like doing stuff like devil's playground and 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 where the sidewalk is where i get to melt into a feeling and you know kind of kind of do that that's but but it's tough because you gotta again you gotta pinpoint an audience for that because a lot of a lot of motherfuckers is like ah i don't i don't i don't get it i don't understand so you know it's it's a game to be played yeah beast you're a beast bro yep yeah ken you got anything else Last question, man. I'm good. Writing, recording, or performing? Easy. Oh, actually, you add a third one, so that doesn't make it. Yeah, you like that one, right? Yeah, you know what? That's a a slick move because... (laughs) So for me, the most fun that I have is writing. Okay. I actually had a conversation with my man, I Make Mad Beats, the other day, and I was telling him, like, I could never perform, and I love performing. I could never perform again. And that'd be good money. Because like I get the pheromones here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the juice is here. Like writing it, like I I'm gonna go a little deeper into that. Writing it, it's that feeling between finishing the verse and recording it. Mm. It's like that 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 little pocket of like anticipation of oh shit like I caught a body on this yeah. <laughs> wait, wait till you know what I mean like wait till I record this and then equally that feeling of like when I first play it back in the lab for the, like after I record it I'm like <laughs> so on Mohicans right when I recorded Lemonade right I, I, I wrote Lemonade the children or young people don't do this but I was driving writing Lemonade right mm. <laughs> I just caught the I caught the inspiration in the car, and I had the I had the song written, and I was in Atlanta when I wrote it, and I was like, oh man, I gotta get home, like I gotta record this verse, like this shit is crazy. So when I got like I had I had built up so much anticipation, and then when I got into the lab and I recorded it, and then I listened to it for the first time, cause like I had heard it in my head, so when I heard it for the first time, I was like, yeah, boy, like. I don't ever have to perform that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the pheromones were already hit. Like I've already been, I've already gotten drunk off that. You know what I'm saying? And that's so it's, definitely, it's definitely writing and um, and recording. I would say writing writing would be at the top level because every time I sit down to write, you know how like great performers will say like they always get goosebumps before they walk out. Yeah. Like. like you know, no matter who you are, like fucking Roman Reigns gets goosebumps before he comes out. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure. Like, I still get goosebumps before I start writing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like 
the beats playing. I, I still get goosebumps. I still get nervous. Like all like, like nervous. Like I'm listening to a beat and I get intimidated. I'll be like, because I, I'm comparing what I could do to things I have done already. And then it's like, yeah, I'll never be able to do that again. You know what I'm saying? Like I wrote this crazy shit. I'll never be able to write crazy like that again. Because writing to me is an out of body experience to some extent. So like, it'd be almost like you start writing and then you just, <laughs> and then you wake up and you're like, oh shit, what happened? And then you look and it's like, oh, it's mad words on this paper. Yeah. Like, you know just, what I'm saying? So like, you never know where it's coming from. Just know it's a microwave society with the fans, so you only as good as your last rhyme. That's not, yo, 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 nigga, I put out Mohicans and my man told me 10 days, yo. When the new project coming out. Oh, listen, my old man who did the artwork, right? The nigga who did the artwork, my nigga Fels, shout out Fels. So we talking, cause uh, my next album is with uh, Planet Asia. It's called uh, And One Rap Shit. And uh, so 10 days after Mohicans came out, I'm talking to Fels. And I'm talking strategy of putting this Planet Asia album out. And he was like, you need to put it out like November 3rd. I'm like, what? And he's like, he's like, yo, the Mohicans just came out. You need to strike while the iron is hot. And I'm like, bro, it just came out. And he's like, yeah, so now's the time. I was like, what the fuck? Don't let up, nigga, don't let up, bro. Like, I gotta put the album out now, it's only three weeks, nigga. Like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> so, I guess, I don't know, maybe the strategy is like, while you on the radar, keep going with it. Like, like, what, who can keep up with that? That's crazy, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, that's insane, but that's that's true. Like, the the, the, the fans are gonna ask you, what's next? What you what you want next, you know? And my, you know, the, the nice thing about me is I write at a high quantity as well. So there's a lot of stuff that's kind of ready to go. Um, there's a lot of, I guess you could say, politics and things to getting to putting yeah. out every record. But um, I got probably five or six joints in the tuck that's ready to run. So that like when I say ready to run, like artwork is done, songs are mixed and recorded. Like I don't need to do anything else. Like they're just sitting on my hard drive. Right. So um, what about those 152, those 150 sitting out there? Oh, the, uh, the, the new 52? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, there's a lot, bro. Like, I got, a, I got an album with Sodom Gold that I'm um, getting ready to run. You ever thought about doing a, a joint with Rock? Rock Ma? I mean, you know, I don't know Rock like that. I, you know, I know um, I know Jazz. I'm cool with Jazz's manager and shit, but I don't know Rock like that. But, but me and PA got... You know, we got our joint in the tub. That's that's ready. That's actually probably the next thing that's coming out. Um, working on an album with Tri-State. You know, me and Tri-State got the same birthday. So that's that's kind of a ill, you know, synergy right there. I got a project with my man Sharp coming up. And then me and Delhi gonna do gonna do our, our follow-up to Playground um, and, and a couple things. Um, I, I was in Brooklyn for a show with my man K Burns the other day and did a did a three track EP while I was up there with, with my man Biz that's probably coming out Tuesday or Wednesday. So you know, just trying to just trying to stay busy, man, and, and keep keep running these things out. I need niggas to understand that they cannot fuck with me on this mic. And I decided the only way to let that be known is to just keep 
keep keep keep busting these raps off, man. Yo, I don't I don't know any other way to close out than with that. Mic drop moment, right? Yo, you got you got your IG, you got your IG on the screen. But if anybody else wanted to get in contact with you, you know, any other way, how would they go about doing it? Yeah, I mean the best way is just to hit me on the IG. That's a that's a good way to hit me or you know DM me or whatever like that. Um, Midnight Society Music is is uh, midnightsocietymusic.net is where the album is at. Um, you know, gold chain music all day. Uh, ju- you know, just uh, just come find me for producers. Uh, I'm not soliciting for no beats, so uh, I you know producers be in my DMs all the time. Like, yo, I'm gonna send you beats. Don't send me no beats. I'm straight. No, damn. <laughs> I got I got <laughs> I got more beats than I can ever rap on in my life. You know what I mean? Like, hold them chips over there, but. If you're doing a if you're doing a project and you need a feature or whatever like that, the the, the DM is a good way to go. But people be wanting to give me beats for me. Like I don't I don't need any beats. Like I'm super straight. Like I I can't rap on all the beats I have, bro. Like I got folders and folders and folders of really ill beats. Like it's just who has the time to rap on seventy thousand beats? You know what I'm saying? So like just just chill. <laughs> we appreciate you, man. Thanks for pulling up and joining the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Midas the Beast. Sue, everybody, we'll catch you next week. On the Big love. Big love. Thank you, guys. Thank you.